what we're about. We've described our personality as a church. And as we've talked about values, I'll say it, I've said it every week, I'm just going to remind you again. Every church has different distinctions. Every church should be faithful to the Word of God through and through, but at the same time, each church is going to have a particular, hey, we, we also emphasize this in a particular way. You'll see churches that, man, we've got a heart to do this thing, or we've got a heart to do that thing. It feels as though God is calling us to do this. It feels as though the Lord is emphasizing a particular teaching through this church, not to the neglect of others, but to emphasize something in a particular way. Salt Church is no different. Lighthouse is no different. Cornerstone is no different. Uh, you name it. Uh, Pure Life Church is no different. Any other church that you can think of, good godly churches who focus on the Word of God and at the same time have a distinct message, have distinctives that say this is our personality, much like a household. The Clark household should love and follow Christ. At the same time, the Dees household should love and follow Christ. But it looks different because there's a different father, there's a different husband, there's a different man leading there, so that it's going to come out in a different way, and that's all good. That's not bad, it's not off, it's good, it's part of God's good design. So Salt Church has particular values, and we've looked through different values different weeks, and today we're finishing, and we're going to use this value today to springboard into a series on the gifts of the Spirit. So today, the value that we're going to talk about, the Salt Church value is, we want the gifts of the Spirit. We want the gifts of the Spirit. So let's turn in our Bibles. Why do we want them? What are they? Some good, obvious questions right away. We're not going to dig super deep today because we're starting a whole series to, to do a little bit more of that digging. So at least for the month of March, we're going to talk through the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to demystify, we're going to de-spooky, and we're going to make plain and make clear and understand what is this, why are we doing it, um, does that involve rattlesnakes? Short answer, no. Uh, in case anybody's curious, like we're not, we're not going, that's, our, that's next week. Come back, everyone. <clears throat> no, I can assure you, if snakes ever show up, Joe Michael will not. I will be the first to go. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is where we're turning. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. I still hear pages turning, so I'll give you a second. 1 Corinthians 14. All right. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So we're just going to park right there for a moment. Pursue love. That's how he starts. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And then he goes even more specific, especially, he pulls one out in particular, especially that you may prophesy. Not going to go super deep, but again, that is what has already happened this morning. Um, two of the gifts were in operation, and it can get a little clunky, particularly with this. I've always found it to be a little clunky. Um, but the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues, it's always been taught. And I, and I see it again in the Word of God as well. When that happens, that is equal to prophecy. 
Um, just a, a quick side note for anybody, if that makes sense, great. If not, it's okay. We're going to take the next few weeks to, to understand, to take our time, to decomplicate, to demystify. <clears throat> Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Why do we want the gifts of the Spirit? Well, because we, we're commanded to want the gifts of the Spirit. He tells us earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. This is something that is an instruction that comes from the Word of God. This is something to be pursued. The Holy Spirit is not our weird uncle that we need to apologize for. The Holy Spirit and his gifts are not something like, that. that's a little bit, I'd rather us not have to go there. That, to have that perspective is to grieve the Holy Spirit. To have that point of view is to not love what God loves, is to not want what God wants. So if we've had that view, and I have, I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. As somebody who's grown up Pentecostal, somebody who's grown up charismatic, whatever language you want to use around it, uh, you could be sure whenever you, uh, whenever you were going to invite somebody new, anybody else already knows where I'm going with this, whenever you invite someone new, if like I'm going to bring a friend this morning, like you know, on a Sunday morning, this is my mom, by the way, in case everybody doesn't know that, uh, whenever you invite somebody new on a Sunday morning as a kid, you know that the gifts of the Spirit are going to be in operation. Um, why did that happen? Well, I think because it was good for your own flesh just to get over yourself. But, you know, on one hand, you're just you're just one. You're like, man, Lord, just let it be normal today. Just like let just like can we just like sing and go home and like hear a sermon? We just want to be normal. And uh, I have since decided I never want to be normal. I always want whatever the Holy Spirit wants, which, of course, is normal. It is good. Um, that was the normal expectation in the body of Christ in the early church, that the gifts of the spirit were in operation. It was just the normal uh, flow of things. It was the common behavior in the church, which is why Paul, a lot of his teaching, a lot of the teaching that we have, the inspired word of God, the God-breathed scriptures come because the gifts of the Spirit were so common. They were so prevalent that there was much error and there was much excess in the way these things were being exercised. It was just willy-nilly. It was just popping off like crazy. It was like, hey, 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 let's bring some structure around this because the church was so gung-ho. They're like, yeah, we got this. Of course. There wasn't debate or conversation about can we, can't we, should we, shouldn't we? That was not the conversation. The conversation was Paul was like, hey, 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 let's be a little more orderly. Oh, okay. So like, like maybe 15 of us prophesy in a service. Paul's like, mm, maybe two or three. You know, maybe, maybe two or three actually. Like, oh, not everybody? Like, probably not. You know, let's, let's maybe. So those are some of the corrections that we see happening in the church. But it was nothing like, Calm down, that's enough. As you'll hear some modern preachers kind of, Paul was correcting the church. Well, that's true, but that's not the whole story. And that's definitely not the spirit of what was taking place there. Uh, why? Well, again, let's read the Bible. Pursue love. That's right. And that's what some modern preachers would preach on. It's about love. And, they would, and I would absolutely high-five them, fist-bump them, and agree 1,000%. But they like to minimize this next portion. And earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. He didn't just say desire. He said earnestly desire. This is a strong feeling. So Salt Church, we are going to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Not for the sake of the spiritual gifts, but for what the Lord wants to do. This is just a part of the Lord's will. This is a part of God's will. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to apologize for. And not walking in the gifts of the Spirit, we are missing out on God's best and His highest. This is really simple stuff. So what are the gifts of the Spirit? These things that we're supposed to pursue, these things that we're supposed to desire. What are they? The gifts of the Spirit are demonstrations, actions, 
impressions or revelations that the Holy Spirit gives his people for the purpose. Why? 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 Just to be like, woo, look at me. I'm hearing from God. No. For the purpose of building up the body of Christ and witnessing to the unsaved. The primary function is for the building up of the body of Christ. But we could see the secondary purpose is for witnessing to the lost, is for showing a world, hey, God sees you, God knows you, God loves you, God wants to help you, God understands you. Not that I did naturally, I didn't, but the Holy Spirit is doing something. The Holy Spirit is saying something. What are these gifts of the Spirit? They are demonstrations, actions, impressions, or revelations that the Holy Spirit gives to his people for the purpose of building up the body of Christ, building up the body of Christ, strengthening the body of Christ, encouraging the body of Christ, correcting the body of Christ, whatever may be needed, and for witnessing to the unsaved. These gifts serve to accomplish God's will and to establish his kingdom. That's his point. That's his purpose. So we've heard about the fruits of the Spirit. There are nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruits of the Spirit display God's character. The gifts of the Spirit, though, that we're about to describe and, and dig into, the gifts of the Spirit display God's power. The fruits of the Spirit, what do the fruits of the Spirit show us? Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is the, the, narr- the, narrature, the nature and the character of God. That's what this is. But the gifts of the Spirit reveal the power of God and continually reveal the will of God as well. Those of you who have gotten to that portion in Purple Book already know that. Anybody? Show of hands. Anybody got to that, that far in Purple Book yet? Everybody cringes. <laughs> All right, this is the rebuke from your pastor to get through Purple Book. It's going to bless you. It's going to help you. It's going to train you in the Word of God. Remember, remember um, reading Rainbow, Lamar? But don't take my word for it. You better not take my word for anything. For anything, if you can't find it in this book. And Purple Book, again, is just a tool that we use to help you study the Scriptures, to help you know what the Word of God says. So the fruits of the Spirit display God's character. The gifts of the Spirit display His power. These gifts are given at the will of the Holy Spirit. These are not gifts that we personally possess. So we would not say, I have the gift of, and then we list one of the nine gifts of the Spirit. We wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say, I have the gift of this, or I have the gift of that, I have the gift of this. Like we would say, like about Natalie, Natalie's a great singer. She can sing really well. It's a gift that the Lord has given her. And that's something that in any, any given moment, Natalie can operate in that gift. That's a different thing. That's not a spiritual gift. It's a gift from God, like we all have different gifts from God. But that's not the same thing as what these particular gifts of the Spirit that we're going to define here in a few minutes are. Those are different things, you know. Bradley's got a gift of what landscape design. He's a man, he can see things. He can create things. The Lord's been able to do this with him and that with him. You know, I mean, just all of us, you could go through and you say, I've got, the Lord's gifted me this way. Those are good and those are from the Lord. And those are for you to be able to use at any given moment. The gifts of the Spirit come as He wills. They come, they are moments that He chooses. There are things that He does. And we cannot just go, I'm going to prophesy right now. We can't do that. We don't have that ability. The scripture doesn't teach that. It's as the Lord wills. It's in his timing. Not like Natalie who could just, I'd like to sing right now. We'll go for it. The Lord's giving you that gift. You can do that. 
That's good, but that's different. That's not a gift of the Spirit, although it is a gift from God. Is this clear? So that's not my gift to use whenever I want, and yet I'm still commanded to earnestly desire the gifts. So what we're going to find, and we're going to keep talking about in the coming weeks, there is a strange correlation between those who earnestly desire these gifts and those who get to experience these gifts. Surprise, surprise. Whereas if I just go, it's as the Lord wills, 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 surprisingly enough, I'll never operate and enjoy and experience any of the gifts of the Spirit in operation in my life. And I'll die and go to heaven and just be like, well, the Lord never did it through me. Well, maybe there was something in 1 Corinthians 14.1 that would have encouraged me towards that to start to open that door to say, Lord, I'm humble. Lord, I'm submitted. I mean, even this morning, if I had if I had just rushed on with service, hey, you know what? We're going to move along here instead of shut up, John Michael. Like, yes, you have a service schedule, but let's take a moment. Holy Spirit, is there anything you would want to say? Is there anything you would want to do? And we took a moment to pause and a, a gift of the Spirit operated. He gave it. We couldn't have made it happen, though. Now, is it possible for somebody to just mouth something off? Yeah. And that'd be wrong. And at the same time, that's why we hold these things at arm's length as well. So if somebody in the middle of the service is like, ah, thus saith the Lord, you know, you're supposed to divorce your wife and marry this lady over here. Like, stop, 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 stop. No. Hey, hey, you're wrong, brother. Sit down. I love you. Everything's going to be okay. I'm glad you're swinging. We can't hit the ball if we don't swing. But, but uh, that one's off. You know, how do you know? Well, because it contradicts the word of God. So, and now could we say other true things that go along with the word of God and, then, and they not be inspired by the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's possible too. Could somebody say, like, you know, w- what mom said this morning, could that have been potentially uh, not spirit inspired? Sure. I mean, was it just biblical and true? Oh, and then what? Well, what? Like what, what, what harm has been done? What, what's been lost? What's been broken? What did we miss? Oh no, someone said what the Bible already says about something. What will we do now? So we're not going to live in fear or panic of the gifts of the Spirit. As a church, like I'm saying, like, you're never going to hit the ball. Wayne Gretzky, he was a famous hockey player, greatest hockey player of all time. He said, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So we're going to have an attitude of leaning forward and leaning in, not of aggression, not of weirdness, not of something's got to happen. It's up to the Lord. If I didn't have anything after mom had had that tongue, I would, have just, I would have just summed it up with, I got nothing. Now, what else? Maybe, maybe he gave it to Kayla. And Kayla's like, I'm not saying it. I'm just not saying it. I'm not saying it. So Kayla's obedience has a role to play in that. And then mom, maybe mom really did have a tongue from the Lord. And now she's feeling, she's tempted potentially, if she missed the Lord, she's like, maybe I missed it. And maybe she did. So after service, I'd get with mom and I'd be like, hey, nobody had the interpretation Maybe you missed it. Maybe you didn't even have a tongue and you just thought you did. Um, Or maybe somebody did have the interpretation and they were just not obedient. But again, we're talking through that work. Everything's okay. We're a family. You ever have a mess in your family? Ever happened to you? Or is everything perfect in y'all's households? Everybody else's household is always perfect. The Clark household gets a little messy sometimes. So welcome to the family of God where if things get off, it's okay. Paul writes multiple letters, multiple chapters to correct some things. Hey, hey, let's think about it like this. Let's think about it like that. Well, I don't want to do anything because I don't want to mess up. Well, get over yourself. That's just your own pride. Well, I'm not that bold. Maybe you're not that humble. 
Maybe it's not about you being so bold. Maybe it's about you're not humble enough to actually swing. Well, if I swing, I'll strike out. So you're just going to stand there? (laughs) I've never missed the ball. (laughs) I've never missed that baseball. Never once have I missed the baseball. Well, congratulations. Go back to the dugout. You know, like you're not doing anything. That's not moving the team forward. So we want to have this lean forward attitude of we want, we want the gifts of the Spirit. We desire the gifts of the Spirit because they're good. <laughs> there's no apology to be made for them. There's nothing, there's no like, well, the downside is what? Well, it could get into, yeah, if you didn't have oversight, things could get wrong. Yeah, but thankfully, you do. Thankfully, we have me, we have an elder, and we're going to learn about these things from the Word of God so that we can also be there to help and encourage one another. So if, if I get off, you can say, hey, actually, what about this? Or, hey, I don't know if that's correct, but not paranoid. So now turn to the left a couple of pages, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Right there in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now... Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Does Paul want us to be uninformed about spiritual gifts? This is not a trick question. Does the Holy Spirit want us to be uninformed about spiritual gifts? Did the Holy Spirit inspire 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1? Okay, we're all on the same page then. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans... You were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of service, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. And now we we get into the gifts. Verse 7, to each... Everybody say, to each. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. One of the nine gifts of the Spirit. For the common good. And then he gets specific. For to one is given, through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. There we have one gift. And to another, the the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. And to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. We just went through all nine gifts of the Spirit right there. All of these are empowered by the one and same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. So, again, we're just reemphasizing, keeping it simple, keeping it clear. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. We're going to define them in a, in a moment. The Holy Spirit gives to each as He wills. He, he makes clear multiple times that each person should expect to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We don't choose, I want to do this, I want to do that. I want to submit to the Lord. I want to walk in the fruits of the Spirit, displaying the character of God. And Lord, I'm wide open to whatever gift of the Spirit you would operate through me. It's not my gift. I have, I, I, I have the gift of 
discerning of spirits. Oftentimes you hear people say, I have the gift of discernment. Well, that's not a, it's not a gift. It's not listed biblically. It's discerning of spirits, which we'll define. I have the gift of uh, words of wisdom. I have the gift of healings. You don't, actually. Well, the Holy Spirit operates in me frequently that way. That makes sense. Thumbs up. I get it. But again, it's not mine. It's not like the kitchen faucet. I just turn on and off whenever I want to. Or Natalie's singing. She can sing or stop. But these are gifts from the Holy Spirit that he does through his body. Why? Why doesn't he just give everything to everybody? Why doesn't he give all nine to each of us? Well, he's told us in other places already in in the same book that we are a body, the hand. He wants to be dependent upon the mouth and the ear to be dependent upon the foot and everyone to work together. This is the plan of God. It is the will of God that we would each have something to bring to one another. Well, I don't have this. Yeah, but you have what you have. And we need what's in you. That would be the natural gifts, by the way, like the singing or the whatever else it may be. It would be those natural gifts and it would include the spiritual gifts, the things that we don't will, but the things that we earnestly desire, the things that we're not supposed to be ignorant about and those things that we're supposed to pursue. So I don't want you to be ignorant, he says. I don't want you to be misled. I don't want you to be untaught. I don't want you to be uninformed. So it's important to, note, to, to say right here, the Bible makes no mention of these gifts ever ceasing. And this is a big divide in the body of Christ today. Um, there, there are men of God who I love and who we will be together with in heaven who are standing in front of their church this morning, probably teaching the same passage of Scripture and saying, this was happening at a particular time, but once the canon of Scripture was completed, the gifts of the Spirit ceased, which is an interesting perspective the only problem I have with it is these men who claim they, 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 they believe entirely and they rest completely on the teachings of the Scripture, they can't actually use the Scripture to teach the point that they are so adamantly making. So they just lean back and say, the gifts of the Spirit aren't for any more. And I'd say, well, why is that? Well, it's because we have the Bible now. That's interesting because the Bible teaches that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, and the Bible doesn't mention them ceasing. It's actually just theory, it's perspective, it's an opinion that can't be backed with a scriptural argument. Again, godly men that I love, but I absolutely 1,000% disagree with them on their conclusions. So large portions of the body of Christ are divided on this. Well, what should we believe? You should believe what the Bible teaches. No matter what Jamichael teaches, you should believe the Word of God. So you can go listen to John MacArthur, who I love, for many, many things. You can go listen to others who I love for many things, and they would teach just the opposite of what I'm teaching this morning. But what you'll find absent if you choose to go listen to those things is a biblically rooted argument for, their, for, for what they're teaching. Yeah. Um, they won't be able to point to, here's how the gift ceased. This was the end. It's more of a, it died with the apostles. I'm like, why is that? Well, because now we have the Bible. What? Go, you skipped a few steps there. Like, walk me through that. And... The Lord will sort us out, that's for sure. But as somebody who, who fears God, and again, this isn't a slam to them because I know they do too, but as someone who fears God, and, I'm going, and I believe and trust that the Bible is safe, and it is simple, and it is to be read and believed and obeyed, and on top of that, I have experienced the things that I read in the Bible. Yeah. My experience is not what I build my life around, because there's those folks, they've never experienced those things, and that's something that they could lean on. But we forget our experience. Throw my experience out the door. Forget any experience I ever had or didn't have. The Word of God is the standard. Amen. If I stand before Jesus and he's like, hey, you know what? The gifts passed away, and you made all that up. I'd say, well, I, that is a shock. I'll be honest. <laughs> that is shocking because it's short. Like, 
all the things that he's done, all the things that I've seen that confirm his word. So again, the word I believe is very plain, very clear. Uh, To me, it's not muddy. To me, it's not unclear. To me, I'm fascinated at the divide in the body of Christ. Uh, When I hear, there are some some theological arguments in the church where I go, hmm, I see where they're coming from. I see where they, from the word. Oh, good point. Ooh, I disagree with this guy on that, but I I see where he's going with that. This is one of those subjects where I don't at all. This is one of those subjects where I'm like, oh, (laughs) I was was trying to be, uh, I I can't see it. I can't see it. I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, And... Again, I'm, I'm going to keep sticking with the book. It's so funny. You know, I use a lot of different commentaries as I study the Word of God. And, you know, so faithful to the text. The Word says, the Word teaches, the Word says, the Word teaches. And as I was studying for this message, I'm going to the commentaries on the gifts of the Spirit. And these guys who are always so specific to dig into the Word and what does it really say when it come to this, they really went, at this particular time, the, the gifts of the Spirit were in operation. Whereas now today, there's all like, oh, hold, hold up, hold up, hold on, hang on, Matthew, Henry, hang on, uh, you know, all these other guys whose names I don't, don't remember. Hang on, brother. You, you were doing so good with all these scriptures week after week. I trust you, and I see how you teach the Word of God in such clear ways. And then we come to the gifts of the Spirit, and I watched you go, these things have passed away. I'm like, great, show me that verse, and, and we'll dig into that. Oh, you don't have one. Okay, I'm confused. So, why am I emphasizing this? I want you to understand what you're going to hear. I want you to understand, like, you're going to meet coworkers who, like, they're more adamant about the fact that the gifts have ceased than they are that they're supposed to be making disciples for the love and glory of God. You're going to meet Christians who will, like, die on the mountain of the gifts are gone. And, you know, they'll be lacking fruit as well. Uh, joy, most notably, will be missing in a lot of those circumstances because they'll be like, daggone it, I'm telling you. You're like, okay, um, why, why is this so important to you? So anyway, the arguments that get made in those cases are that uh, if, you, if, you, if you pursue the gifts of the Spirit, the argument that will be made against you is that you don't value the Word of God. Oh, so the Bible's not enough for you, Brandon? The Bible's not enough for you? You need a special word from God, Brandon? How, how do you answer that? You're, they ju- you were just trapped and painted into a corner. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you're not. You say, no, it's actually because the Bible that I pursue the gifts. Yeah. The Bible tells me to pursue the gifts. Yeah, but those passed away. Again, teach me that from the Word. Teach me from the Word. What does the Word say? That, that is our, our focus. That is our direction. We want the gifts of the Spirit. We're not hiding from the gifts of the Spirit. So we can minister in a gift at any time that the Holy Spirit allows, the gifts of the Spirit only operate through His power. So like we said, rather than thinking, I have the gift of, we would say something more along the lines of, maybe the Holy Spirit operated this way through me one time or regularly. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go through these gifts. I'm going to explain each of them pretty quickly, just so we have an understanding idea of like, what are we talking about? We don't want to keep it vague and muddy. And again, in the coming weeks, we'll continue to define, clarify, and make room I think as we teach through these, you're going to find that the gifts of the Spirit have, in some cases, already operated in you and through you. You'll be like, oh my goodness, I thought that was just the Holy Spirit putting something on my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, welcome to the club. Like, that's, that's a lot of times what we're talking about. It is an impression, and it's something that we're to walk in obedience to. So the gifts have been d- divided into three different groups. We see that there are three gifts that declare something. 
There are three gifts that do something, and there are three gifts that discern something. You don't have to remember that just for the sake of organization or categorizing them. So let's dig into these. We're going to start with prophecy. Prophecy is defined this way in the New Testament. New Testament prophecy is typically not going to be a, hey, this thing is going to happen. A lot of times we still think of prophecy as uh, like the prophecy of Jesus' birth, like he's going to be born to a virgin. Isaiah prophesied that, and then hundreds of years later, that's what takes place. New Testament prophecy takes on a different function and a different role. A prophecy is a message of encouragement, instruction, or correction from God through a person. In 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he says, he who prophesies edifies the church or builds up the church. So it's, it is a simple thing, but at the same time, it is a clear thing. When, when, whenever you have an impression from the Lord, you should share exactly what the Lord showed you. No matter how incomplete you may think it is, no matter how thoroughly you may think you understand the situation, you should go with exclusively what impression you have from the Lord. Um, and this will go for all the gifts as well. If you just, if you're in the middle of praise and worship and you just, I just saw myself, you know, laying hands on, on Chris's shoulder. What am I supposed to do with that? I'm going to just go lay my hand on Chris's shoulder. What if I'm wrong? Oh no. Like what's going to happen to Chris's shoulder? Something terrible might take place. No, not at all. I, I want to obey. This is what it looks like to start with baby steps. Yeah. Well, I want to walk in the gifts like Paul. I want to like, well, have you walked in the gifts like you? You know, have, have, you, have you pursued it all? Like, let's start somewhere. You know, before I'm hitting baseballs in the major league, I started with T-ball, right? So wherever I am, let me walk in faithfulness. But prophecy is often a message of encouragement, instruction, or correction through God, uh, from God through a person. And it, again, is always for the building up of the church. That's one of the declarative gifts. And then the one we've already experienced this morning, another declarative gifts, is tongues. So this is a message from God in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. So she didn't know what she was saying this morning, and we didn't either. I sure didn't. Um, And then what happens from there is this gift has to also experience the interpretation. So that's what happened after that. This is an understanding or an expressing of the thought or the intent of the message of tongues. Someone Someone speaks in a message from God in tongues, and then someone, possibly the same person, like this morning it, it happened, the same person also brings the interpretation. Uh, and I'm not digging through all the verses to show you all this this morning, but uh, read over the next couple of weeks. Keep spending time in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, and you'll continue to see these, these gifts broken down. Uh, Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, he says, I wish you all spoke with tongues. When he says that, he's referencing the gift of tongues, the spiritual gift of tongues there, which is distinct from, and again, a little cumbersome here, is distinct from the prayer, being able to pray in tongues. So the gift of tongues, the gift of the spirit of speaking in tongues is out to the church. What she did this morning, that was the gift of tongues out to the church. What I was doing this morning as I was driving here was me praying in tongues. It did not require interpretation. Uh, when I pray in a tongue, I don't know what I'm praying, but the Bible teaches that my spirit prays even though my mind is unfruitful. I'm not trying to confuse you, just want to throw out some qualifiers in case you've got some questions, if you're familiar a little bit with this subject matter. So the gift of tongues, like what happened this morning though, should always be accompanied by the, its interpretation. If it doesn't, like I said earlier, that means 
somebody wasn't obedient to bring that interpretation, or the first person who went for it in tongues missed it. Everything's going to be okay. We'll, we'll address it, we'll work through it, and, and we'll go from there. So that's prophecy, that's tongues, and that's the interpretation of tongues. Next, we have the gifts that do something, the gifts of power. So the first we'll, we'll look at is faith. Special faith is how it's often been defined. And this is often seen as a supernatural gift of belief and absolute confidence. If the gift of faith operates in you, it is a, I couldn't doubt if I wanted to. If you paid me money, I couldn't doubt. I can't help but believe for this particular thing at this particular moment, at this particular way. It's like it swells up within you and you're just, you know that you know that you know that you know. Slap my grandma, I'm just so sure that this is absolutely done, even though I've got nothing to see. I've got nothing to hear. I've got nothing to feel. I've got nothing to taste. The five senses are, are, have profited me in no way. But at the same time, I'm just absolutely sure. I'm sure than anything. I'm sure than, than, than the thing in front of me right now. That is the supernatural gift of the Spirit, the gift of faith. You didn't do anything to get that. We don't do anything to get anything, of course. The Lord graces it all. But it's, a, it's such a powerful gift. When it hits you, you recognize it as a gift too because you're going, I did not get here on my own. You know, I'm, you're like, it's like you're standing on the mountaintop and you're like, I didn't climb this mountain. No, the Lord just gifted and said, you're welcome. You're going, what a gift, what a relief, what a blessing, what a joy. Anybody ever experienced that now that you hear it described? Like, I've had, I've had that kind of assurance, that kind of clarity where the Holy Spirit just dropped in. So I have received that gift on occasion. And again, a gift is the perfect word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I was praying about something. Maybe it was during a time of worshiping the Lord when it just comes a point for a particular thing, for a particular thing, not just faith. I believe in God now, uh, but for a particular thing that you're facing, a particular issue or crisis or challenge. I remember years ago, uh, my stepbrother, it was a uh, 4th of July and Natalie and I were on vacation in Nags Head and I get a call from my dad and my stepbrother had gone out on the jet ski in the York River on 4th of July, which is a pretty happening place, as you can imagine. And he had been gone for a couple of hours and it was dark. You know, he had left before it was dark and he hadn't come back yet and they couldn't find him. And people were searching boats everywhere and they could not find him. So, you know, lots of, lots of things could have happened. So she and I were at the beach watching fireworks in Nags Head. We went back up to the room and we began to pray. And we were not in faith when we started praying. It was like, um, we're afraid, you know, we're afraid that something terrible has happened. God, please protect him. But at the same time, you're struggling because you're like, if it's happened, it's already happened. You know, it's like, what, what now? You know, so we're trying to get out of your head and we're praying and we're praying and we're praying. And eventually, that was the gift of faith. Would you agree? It's hard for me to remember, baby. It was like 14 years ago. It was 14 years ago. I've never, I've, I'll never forget it. When it hit us, I remember us both just having this absolute supernatural rock solid, like, it's done. It's done that it's done that it's done that it's done. We left and went back to the beach and enjoyed the fireworks, even though they hadn't found Cody yet. Uh, they didn't have a message yet. I just texted Dad and and just said, it's done, the Lord's got it. Whatever it is, it's, it's done, like he's fine. And sure enough, it was. But it was a super, it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm going back and forth and back and forth, I'm back and forth. It was like, I'm going to watch fireworks. I'm going to back to the beach. And I'm doing it guilt-free because yeah. I don't feel like I'm supposed to labor in prayer because the Lord brought just this supernatural, absolute, I knew, I absolutely knew. How did you know? Well, it was a gift from God. I didn't do it. I, it wasn't me. 
I couldn't just get that on my own. Oh, I decided that it's done. Well, who are you? Like, that doesn't change anything, John Michael. But the Holy Spirit did something so that she and I had absolute peace. And then Cody had run out of gas and they found him and all was well. (laughs) But that was an example of where I remember experiencing that. Again, total gift of God. Uh, The next gift of power is gifts of healings. And this is plural in, in the Greek. Sometimes our English translations don't show that. But the gifts is plural and healings is plural. So what, is, what are the gifts of healings? This is a supernatural endowment of divine health. Supernatural endowment of divine health. So the Lord could use you to heal a particular thing in a particular way. He could do it uh, regularly through you. Wow, I feel like every time I pray for somebody who has this, that it's always healed. Like in a, in a supernatural kind of way. That's a particular thing. That's something that I have noticed. Um, again, it's not my gift, but I have noticed on a lot of occasions over the years, whenever I pray for someone who's in pain, oftentimes their pain leaves. So a lot of times a gift of healing is going to be a particular thing. This isn't that all people can't pray for all sick people. That is also a true biblical concept that's absolutely laid out in the Word of God. Any Christian can pray for anybody just through faith, through the laying on of hands, as the Bible instructs. That's good, and that is an overall umbrella. Now, in particular, over here, one of these gifts of the Spirit, gifts of healings, these are particular manifestations of healings, and they may be commonly, we've seen through our experience, Not to be the ultimate standard, but we have observed through experience in the church that these may be a particular thing. Like, wow, when I pray for somebody, like, their headache always goes away. But there have been other things that haven't, but it seems as though pain always subsides. Um, There's, it could be for cancer, it could be for deaf ears, it could be for whatever, you know, sprained ankles. But these are specific gifts of healings. That's one of the other spiritual gifts of power. Another gift of power is the working of miracles, We're the working of miracles. This is divine intervention that alters natural circumstances. These are like the things that you would consider the really spectacular. You know, the the axe head that floats up out of the water. You know, the Lord does something that it defies the laws of nature. It breaks physics because it's all his and he, he does what he wants to do. I mean, there's just no limit to what could happen there. But again, one of the gifts of the Spirit. Are we to pursue these things? Yes, we are to pursue these things because the Lord wants to strengthen, bless, and encourage His body, the body of Christ. So we want God to keep operating in miracles. He did it in the Old Testament, right? He definitely did it in the Old Testament. Everybody nod and say yes. It's absolutely true. He did it in the New Testament. Everybody nod and say yes. But with the last apostle, he was like, I'm done. (laughs) Right? That's an Old Testament. Miracles were an Old Testament thing and miracles were a New Testament thing. But then he was like, but now you don't need miracles anymore because you have the Bible. (laughs) I don't quite help me make the leap there, my brother. I don't, I'm not seeing it. Well, we have the Bible, which actually teaches us that miracles continue. So that's another working of power. So now we come to the three gifts of discernment. These three gifts are discerning something. So the first is the discerning of spirits. What is this? This is to be made aware of the presence of a demonic spirit or to distinguish between spirits. Some people are like, I do not want this gift. Like, keep me out of that, Lord. But people who I've heard describe this or talk about this, it's never any kind of 
a spooky or fearful thing. It's always just a matter of fact, just like all this stuff. Because if it comes from the Lord, it's going to come with peace. Yeah. So if you have anything that you experience that doesn't have, bring come with peace, then you reject it, yeah, completely right. reject it. If you have anything that doesn't bring peace and the presence of the Lord, the right. presence of King Jesus, then you reject it entirely. If it brings fear, if it brings paranoia, if it brings... Was that a demon? Is this a demon? Then forget it. It's off. It's wrong. That is not what discerning of spirits is. It is not suspicion. It's not, ooh, what was that noise? Absolutely not. That is all nonsense. Discerning of spirits is King Jesus through the Holy Spirit bringing you a gift, a clarity of, here's what's happening here. So we see this with Paul. Whenever he's ministering in a particular city for a few days, this demon-possessed girl, he doesn't know she's demon-possessed yet, but she's like following them and saying stuff about them. She's saying, these are prophets of God and blah, blah, blah. And finally, after a couple of days, theologians speculate that it's because the gift hadn't operated in him yet at that point. He finally turns around and casts the demon out of this witch. And this demon had understanding about who Paul and his workers were, but fall. Paul finally is able to discern by the Holy Spirit, not just because, hmm, A plus B equals C, but he's able to put it together because the Holy Spirit reveals it to him, and this girl is set free. This girl is blessed. So the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, not just for me to know stuff. Hey, Chris, let me tell you something. I know something about Elijah. You know, let's pray for him, though. Like, but I think he's got a spirit of whatever. You know, I think he's got this kind of demon messing with life. No, no, no. It's not spooky. It's not for gossip. It is for the Lord to do something. If the Lord is showing you something, what's it for? It's for the building up of the body of Christ. Or, or like in that case of that demon-possessed girl, it's to be able to say, let's bless somebody. Let's set somebody free. It's not to embarrass. It's not to shame. It's not to condemn. It is for the blessing. It is for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are there any demons in heaven? It's not a trick question. Are there any demons in heaven? There are not. So we want God's will established. We want his power made known. Discerning of spirits is a clarification where the Lord would show you something and go, hmm, there's a present, there's a, there's this going on there. And, And the wiser you get with the gifts, the more the Lord will trust you. The weirder you get with the gifts, I think the less the Lord is going to trust you. And the more credit you want to take for operating in the gifts, the less he's going to trust you. It's always wiser to just be quieter, to be humbler. That's not to be confused with don't swing the bat. But in the, but in the activity of the gift, in the walking out of the gift, the less you put a thus saith the Lord in front of things, the safer you're going to be. Because if it's thus saith the Lord, people are going to know it anyway. They're going to know. If you got a word for somebody and it hits them between the eyes, you don't have to tell them. You don't have to say, oh, oh, I got nothing. They're like, what's happening here? Like, I don't think I want this word from the Lord. But if you've got something, it's going to bless. It's going to be clear. And you can go about it in a way. It's like, I feel like I should pray for you about this thing. And they're like, oh, my goodness. And you're like, does that mean anything to you? Yes, it does. Okay, well, let me pray for you about that. Like we we, we want to be humble. We want to be small with this stuff and let the Lord get his glory. So we're almost finished. Word of knowledge. We're still in the discerning gifts. A word of knowledge is to know something specific without having known it through a natural means. So, for example, we look, uh, the Lord reveals to Peter that uh, Ananias and Sapphira, that they lied. That was a, a word of knowledge where he just had clarity 
and knew Ananias and Sapphira. They said, oh, we sold our property and here's all the money we're giving to the church, which they didn't have to do. Everybody was doing it on their own free will. The problem was they lied and they said, here's all the money. We sold it for you know, half a million and, and here's the half a million when really they sold it for a million. You can do whatever you want with your money was, was Peter's point, but you lied to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gave him that clarity, that word of knowledge. And then, that was, and then the Holy Spirit judged and killed Ananias and Sapphira. But um, so he was knowing something specific without having any natural means to know it. For what? For the purpose of building up the body of Christ. Ananias and Sapphira didn't feel super built up that day, but the rest of the body of Christ was certainly uh, put on notice uh, to not to lie to the Lord. And now finally, a word, the word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is a divine answer or a solution for a particular event. Oh my goodness. A word of wisdom at the right time has been such a blessing in my life. So uh, one thing, well, maybe I'll share a couple as I close here. Um, one thing about the word of wisdom is this is oftentimes the thing that can confirm what you may already have a, a desire for or what you may already have some clarity for. It's the big decision. It's, is it this or is it that? Is it this or is it that? I think that the Lord's guiding me for this, but oh man, I would love confirmation and not necessarily just like, you know, that piece of trash that blew across the road that said the word, you know, like not necessarily natural means. I, I don't I want to make sure I'm not fishing in the natural. I want the Holy Spirit to bring it, not just the natural. Can he do that? He can. But the gifts of the spirit are not natural means. You've noticed that, right? This is not I said, Lord, give me a sign. And then I turned right and the sign on the wall said, do not enter. And I was about to enter. And the Lord's can the Lord do that? He can. But that is not the gifts of the spirit. The gifts of the Spirit bypass, and they are safer than natural signs because Jamichael can miss it and misapply things, especially in his desperation. But when Jamichael is measuring and weighing out at the beginning of 2021, am I really supposed to start this coaching business? I just got laid off. Am I really supposed to start this coaching business? I feel that I am. It seems like I'm supposed to. But over here, I'm just told you're supposed to get a J-O-B. That's what a man does. Get a job, get a job, get a job, get a job. You got to go get a job. No matter what you do, you look terrible on paper. Your resume is trash. You'll have to drive to Newport News for an hour to make enough money that won't even be enough to support the family budget. But at least you'll look like a man who has a job instead of this guy who's pursuing his dreams over here. So you just need So I'm, t- I'm like, I, I, I'm almost certain I'm supposed to do this. But I, but my pride, my ego, my fear of, man, what if this doesn't work and all this, that, and the other. And then Danita Allen on a Sunday morning walks up to me at Lighthouse and she goes, I was praying for you this week. She knows nothing about anything. Nobody knows I've been laid off. Nobody knows anything about anything. I didn't see a sign on a wall. And she said, I was praying for you this week. She didn't do it in front of the whole church. She did it after service. She's hugged me. She's peaceful. She's chill. I was praying for you this week. Oh, Danita, thank you. I love it when Danita prays for me. She's like, I felt like the Lord gave me something for you. So even then, she submitted it to me like, you good? I was like, please, I'm ready to receive it and weigh it and judge it. And she said, I felt like the word from the Lord was do the obvious thing. Do the obvious thing and don't get distracted and don't chase rabbit trails. Oh, oh you talk about clarity. You talk about a blessing. You talk about a gift from the Holy Spirit. And Danita wasn't puffed up. Danita wasn't the hero of the day. The Holy Spirit got glory and I got help. A word of wisdom. Man, I got clarity on. That was exactly what I needed. Because I was. I'm like looking online. Do I, go here? I felt like I was chasing. Is it this? Is it that? Is that? This is the obvious. Like, this makes sense. I can even see what to do here. And over here is just what? Where's that even going to lead? 
Like, after six months, we're still in the hole. But I've got a job, doing something I don't even care about. But, like, do the obvious thing. Don't chase rabbit trails. She's like, that's all I got. I was like, she's like, does that mean anything to you? I was like, yeah. Yeah, that means something to me. I knew, but no, I knew. Because she didn't know anything, but God knows. So what a blessing, what a gift of the Spirit. Do we want these gifts in operation? Of course we do. We pursue the gifts. We desire the gifts. And that's why we're going to take the next few weeks to talk more about the gifts with more stories, with more examples, with more scripture, with more understanding of what it looks like and how can we mature in these things together. Like Danita, you know, not, not look at me, look at me, like maybe some of us have experienced in the past, but with, a, you know, or, or in the middle of worship like this morning, like mom, hey, you know what? I'm not bold enough to do that. Maybe, or maybe I'm not humble enough to do that. So we want to yield ourselves to the Lord. So again, the Holy Spirit gives these things to strengthen the body of Christ and to evangelize the world. They are not intended to be flashy or weird. They are to be most, they, they are to be most memorable, oh, sorry, the most memorable word that I've ever received, actually, and I'll close with this, was not the one from Danita, actually. It was one from years and years ago. I was in a very discouraged time, a very discouraged season. And this was when I was a staff pastor somewhere. And at the same time, uh, I'm, uh, we had paused the service. Everybody's greeting and shaking hands. And I was low, just super duper low. And this woman who I had talked to maybe twice ever, she comes up to me and she's like, I've got a word for you. And I said, okay. And, and everybody's greeting. There's no special music happening. There was no woo-woo. There's no hocus-pocus. She said, I think I've got a word from the Lord for you. I said, okay. And she said, Jesus loves you. Boo! This dude was undone, like in that moment. That was the word for the Lord, from the Lord for me. Well, that's just from the Bible. Okay. Thanks. I know that. And at the same time, the Lord knew that Joe Michael needed that particular thing. And she went on to share the rest of it. She said, God sees you, and he has not forgotten you. And that was when I really came to pieces. I'm like, okay, all right, thank you. She's like, is that, for, was that right? I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I needed it. Why? Because I, I just felt alone. I felt discouraged. I was still reading my Bible. I was still praying. I was still loving God. I was still preaching the word of God. But still, a word from my sister came, a prophecy, not about tomorrow at 3 p.m., but, <laughs> but instead, this is what the Lord's saying to you. Thank you. I needed that. I received it. What if she was wrong? Oh, no. Oh, no. All she did was confirm what the Word of God already teaches, right? So this is why we're always safe, because the gifts of the Spirit can never contradict the Word of God. If they do, they're not the gifts of the Spirit. We reject them entirely. And we still love one another, and we move on, we figure it out. Why? Because that's what family does. That's what the body of Christ does. And everything is going to be okay. So anything the Holy Spirit does aligns with the Bible. If it doesn't, it's not from God. We can hold all these things at arm's length, analyze it, Put it back or bring it in close and say, thank you, Lord. We do desire your gifts to move, to work. One more story to encourage you. I lied. I'm sorry. (laughs) So Pastor Ken told me this. Uh, Just a few months ago, there was a teenager at Lighthouse. He got filled with the Holy Spirit on a Wednesday night at the Verge. And a few days later, he's in the post office. And the Lord gives him a word for the woman in the post office. And he's just like terrified because this has never happened to him before. And he's got this prompting in this direction. And he knows Like, he just knows this woman like a book. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh. 
So he goes to Walmart, goes on with his evening or his afternoon, and he's shopping at Walmart, finishes shopping at Walmart, and he just cannot. He's like, I can't. I can't miss what the Lord's doing. So he goes back to the post office, and, and, and the only way he knew how, he said, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to say something to you. And she's like, okay. And, <laughs> and he said, you were supposed to be a nurse, and you knew you were supposed to be a nurse, but you took this job at the, hot, at, at the post office instead because of blah, 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 blah. And this woman, boom, undone. This, this teenage dude is reading her mail. She's like, how did you know that? How did you know that? He's like, I don't know anything. I just, when I was in here, this is what I got. He prays with her. Is that going to be a blessing to that woman? Is that going to be an encouragement to her? Is that going to be a, a direction for, well, isn't the Bible enough? I don't know. Is the Bible going to tell her to be a nurse? instead of work at the post office. But is the Bible enough? Yes, the Bible teaches us to obey and follow the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God, but the Bible will not tell us what to eat for breakfast. But the Holy Spirit will, if you need to know. He absolutely will. He'll tell you to change lanes if he needs to, to prevent whatever's about to happen. The Holy Spirit is speaking, he's moving, he's alive, he's active, and we earnestly desire his gifts. As a church, we're going to be unashamed. We're not going to be embarrassed. We're not going to be worried. We're not going to be prideful. We're not going to be showy. Uh, we're going to be loving one another and loving the world as we pursue the gifts. And we expect the Lord to speak through us and move through us because he loves us. He's living. He's active. And he wants to bless the world and make his kingdom come. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your perfect plan and your perfect will. We're thankful for King Jesus. We're thankful for you, Holy Spirit, for being with us. Jesus, you went to the Father, but you sent the Holy Spirit who is just like you. And Holy Spirit, you're with us now. We welcome you. Forgive us for the times where we have, we have not loved your ways. We have loved the natural more than we have loved the supernatural. God, ultimately, we just love you. Help our desire not to be for anything, but help our desire always to be for you. We want to know you more, God. We want to follow you more closely. And we want to walk in the fruits of the Spirit. God, we want to display your character and your nature. And also, of course, as you command, we earnestly desire the gifts. Especially, you said, that we would prophesy. So we thank you for moving in our midst this morning through the gift of prophecy, which was a combination of tongues and interpretation of tongues. We receive that, that word, to love one another, to fellowship with one another, even as we go embrace that with the rest of our afternoon. Help us to follow you closely and to do it wisely and lovingly. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine down upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you great peace. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.